0: Episode 21 with Akeem Haynes on the Nine Point Start of the Dream Podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started with a Dream Podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of the athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nine Point Starts the Dream Podcast. I'm your host as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode is a real good one. A lot of value, a lot of knowledge, You to it about Akeem Haynes. He's an Olympian, he's got a lot of passion, that he speaks when it comes to just put out an app kind your dream, so and here we go. When you're younger as an athlete, what was one of your bigger dreams, the goal you want to achieve?
1: That's a good question, man. Like for me, like I didn't really think about it too much. Um, all I thought about was just playing the sport. So I played like a lot of soccer when I was younger, and I didn't necessarily think about oh, I want to be a professional soccer player. Even when I was running track, like I never said I wanted to be a professional track and field athlete. It was just something that I did, something I enjoyed, and. I think at that age, at a young age, I think a lot of parents try to force their kids into doing it and the love, they lose the love of the sport. They don't enjoy it as much. So for me, I didn't really think about anything professional. I just thought about just rolling with it and seeing where I could go.
0: So so when you say you kind of just roll with it, what did that feel like in a sense? Like no pressure at all or just like pressure in a sense, but it just like you just having fun with it?
1: I think pressure 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 can come from all types of external sources, but we can always put the most pressure on ourselves. so for me, I just want to see how good that I could get and I want to see if I could be the best soccer player, not only for my age but for anybody around me, like I just wanted to be the best at it, and so the only way to get there is just by working at it so that 's kind of all I did. I just focused on putting in the extra stuff, putting in the consistent work, and then what 's going to come is what's going to come you know when you 're prepared for something, everything else is going to make itself apparent.
0: So you were born in Jamaica. What age did you move to Canada?
1: Yeah, so I moved to Canada when I was uh, seven. So in 1998, I came to Yellowknife. My uncle was in the army in Canada. So that was our way into Canada. Because Jamaica to Yellowknife, that's a drastic weather climate change, right? But um, yeah, so that's that, that was my way into Canada through him.
0: And what was that like culture-wise going from, you yeah. know, like a different type of type fives?
1: It was definitely different, you know, with me being young and being a little bit naive, like I didn't think that there was any other country, any other place outside of Jamaica. So when I came to a different country, and especially when I saw like snow, like I thought snow was salt, right? So I was, was, was a learning check. But um, the quality of life was different. You know, I think sometimes, you know, we have these first world problems and we think it's the worst things out. You know, you come back and your Xbox is broken or your bathroom isn't is 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 out of commission for like a little bit but moving from jamaica to here it was the first time i ever seen like house in-house plumbing so that was a little different for me like all these things i'm just like man like this is a country that has it really good so i was able to appreciate those things because of where i came from
0: and as an athlete kind of coming from like you know from jamaica to canada how was that transition to in the world in a different in different lens.
1: I didn't really play sports until I was about 10, 9, 10 years old, uh, so I didn't really know too much about what the sports world was like, although like I knew about soccer, because in Jamaica, I remember moving the year of the uh, 1998 World Cup, so I remember that the most, uh, but I didn't know what the culture was like. In Jamaica, the culture a bunch of it is consumed by sports, right? So if there's a sporting event coming out, you know that Jamaica is gonna do it big and everybody's gonna go and they're gonna make the most of it and it's gonna be populated, there's gonna be people there. I didn't know what the extent was that for Canada. So when I got there, I really didn't know what to expect until um, I got older and I learned to see that, you know, Canada is a very well populated country when it comes to sports, especially hockey.
0: (laughs) So as you kind of started growing up and kind of developed more into sports, what inspired you to want to be greater or, or, you know, achieve your version of greatness?
1: Probably my circumstance and my environment, man. Um, you know, I think for me, it's always been, look, if I, I wanted to get my school paid for, I wanted to get a full scholarship and I didn't want to pay for a single thing. But before I even did that, um, I obviously had a lot of setbacks, even when it comes to that, but I defined the odds of what it was. So I went and did some research, you know, it's a, it's a 2% chance that a canadian athlete can get a full scholarship to a division one university in america it's two percent chance um but i was able to define those odds because i knew the percentage and knew what i was up against so when i was faced with a delay or a setback i was already equipped to be like oh, okay i can this is expected how do i redevise a plan in order to overcome that you know so for me man i just want to change my situation and i use what's in my control i know that my the gifts God gave me physically, I couldn't take it for granted. So I just try to manifest that as much as I could.
0: So while you're manifesting kind of, you're, trying, you're seeing your, your barriers, what helped you from your environment-wise? Maybe like, whether it either friends or family, with it support there as well? Or they're kind of like more rejection or more like saying, go do something else in Canada. Don't try to chase this U.S. dream.
1: No, no, it was never like that. Um, and I think it was never like that because... I didn't have anybody to tell me otherwise, you know, like my mom worked three jobs, so I didn't really see her too much. Um, but my uh, track and field teacher and coach, one of my good friends to this day, um, he was just like, man, you know, I think you might have something here. Like I think you would be able to go and get a full scholarship and go down to, you know, the States and get your school taken care of. And I don't think it really mattered where school I went to. I think it was just the fact of peeing and competing at that level. You want to comp- you want to be the best. You got to compete against the best, and the best athletes uh, in the sport of track and field just so happened to be down in America there. So he was the one that kind of advised me there. Um, but at the same time, you know, my my results kind of spoke for itself. Like I didn't start taking it seriously seriously until I started getting you know offers from Division one schools in the eleventh grade. So I said, man, maybe maybe I do have something here.
0: They <laughs> got that first offer. What was that feeling like?
1: I didn't really think too much of it, and the reason why is because um, I knew you needed the grades, and uh, I wasn't the smartest guy in school. It's not that I didn't try; I just didn't get the material. Um, so I knew that that would have been something that would that would have held me back. But at the same time, you know, like it felt it felt good to know that. Look, it's it's right here. I just have to grab it. But I can see it, so now I have to figure out what I have to do to grab it. So it felt good to understand that. Like, look they see that I can compete at this level. Like they wouldn't show interest if you didn't think that you could add value to them. So I said, man, okay, well, this is, this is possible. I can do this. I just have to take care of the other stuff that comes with it. But you know, it felt, it felt pretty good. You know, not a, again, it's a 2% chance that anybody even gets a look to go down there from uh, from my side of the country here.
0: So I know for a lot of athletes, it it's hard for us to celebrate the achievements, right? Yeah. so so for you when did you kind of celebrate the achievement
1: um well I ended up going to uh junior college um because one of the masks that I took in the ninth grade which is crazy so it was before I even got to high school one of the masks that I took in the ninth grade the NCAA didn't accept anymore so I was automatically ruled ineligible so I had to go to junior college and honestly like Junior college was probably the best uh, route to take. You know, it was, it was tough. Um, it was hard. You had limited resources. You didn't, there was all the distractions. Uh, but at the same time, you know, that was probably my favorite time in school. Like the grind was just a little different. You, know, you got closer with the people because there was nothing else to do. And you go to war with these guys. So um, I ended up going to the University of Alabama, and I was happy about that. I was able to get there, Um, but, you know, I was just happy that, like, you know, you get a, I got a second chance to go out and actually pursue this thing, and um, not a lot of people get second chances to do anything, and uh, I just wanted to make sure that I was able to take advantage of it and be still at it.
0: Man, those Jericho schools, though, be, be moving. I remember when I was in school, man, I'd be like, dang, legit.
1: <laughs> man, I went, to, I went to Barton, man, at a time where just, like, everybody was rolling. Everybody. I was just like, man, like, South Plains was there. They had, like, six, seven guys who was rolling who actually went on to be, to go pro and a bunch of my teammates, too. So, like, I came down, it's funny, man, I came down, like, number one and number two in Canada in different in the one and the two. I was number two. I was number one in the two, and number two in the one, and I came down to Barton. It was like number five, fifth fastest time on my team. I was just like, "Oh man, this is this is definitely a wake
0: up." But so going to that, then you know, when you're kind of in track of field, we go JUCO. You go on to, like some of the top schools, like junior colleges, and the sport. So how do you like compete, or how do you know to realize that you're not really trying to beat the guy on your team you're trying to kind of get to your next goal how do you kind of go about that journey man
1: for me like I I I remember um telling myself I tell one of my good friends I was just like man I'm not doing a single thing but practice and go to school so everybody was going to parties and stuff and there's nothing wrong with going to parties but I knew that if I wanted to get to this level I would have to focus on two things you know this and school, school, and this. So for me, I was just very strict, man. I was always disciplined. Um, I was always focused. But I just had to dial in a little bit more. So when I was able to compete, I had already practiced like I have, I had already done this. I knew that I, had to t- I knew that the track side would be a little bit easier because you can control the physical manifestations of whatever. You know, you, you prepare for something. You train for something. You expect to do well. Yes, it's a, it's a big mental game as well, too. But physically... Practicing isn't the hard part for me. It was just the school side of it. So to be able to balance the two, I think that's a key thing for athletes moving forward, right? Like you got to understand, like, you got to know what your priority is. You got to know the things that you have to do in order to maintain that priority. And you got to have self-discipline. If you don't have self-discipline when you have a second shot, like, you know, junior college, chances are when you're at a bigger school, you're not going to have the discipline to keep yourself in that school and keep yourself to be successful. So for me, the biggest thing for me was I was just extremely disciplined. By nature, I'm not really a disciplined person, but I created that habit.
0: When you get to college, you have so many distractions around you. So what helped you guys kind of train in your mind? So you know, you, you had a second opportunity. What kind of helped you get that discipline to kind of progress the dream?
1: It took, me, it took me a while, man. Like, like you said, going from Barton where there's like, I don't know, if I had to say maybe like, 1,200 people, maybe less. Then you go to Alabama where it's like 30, 35,000 people. I got distracted, not distracted necessarily, but overwhelmed. You know, like for example, Alabama, you go to SEC. If you have SEC Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, well, you're leaving like Sunday, which means you're missing the whole week of school. And sometimes teachers don't really care that you have a big meet coming up. They're not going to give you any leeway when it comes to your school. So my GPA actually fell from a 3.0 when I got there. After the semester, it was a 1.9. So I was not doing well in school. I was battling injuries. I kept getting hurt. And I had a lot of personal stuff going on too. So distractions come from all over, man. Like my first semester wasn't very well, but I understood what it meant and, and, and how I can understand how I can Uh, balance the two for the next semester so for me man it was just taking one thing daily you know it's like making a habit of just train when you have to train take care of your body but make sure you're taking care of your school you know I see in so many of my teammates they would do the track part but then when we would have study hall they wouldn't come to study hall and then they wonder why they're not eligible to run or why they won't graduate on time I think a lot of people focus so much on the temporary discipline that they forget the long-term rewards so, for me, it was just like man like i 'm going to be the first in my family to graduate if i don 't take care of my schoolwork now that 's not going to happen later i won 't be the first if i don 't get healthy if i don 't find a way to get healthy i won 't be able to accomplish my individual dreams on the track. People always talk about you know they want to get a um, they want to they want to get a professional contract they want to get the money they want to get this and that you know professionalism takes a certain type of discipline professionalism isn't for the weak-minded it's not for the fainted it's not for those who just kind of want it like professional is a whole package in all walks of life so for me i think the 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 life lessons that i learned along the way and dealt with that what's prepared me um to be disciplined to permit for that professional lifestyle just i just attacked everything differently
0: dude that was fire (laughs) (laughs) that was a fire right there so cause I think discipline is such a important topic that we don't hit on a lot because we just think, you know, do A, B, C, you're good, and you'll achieve your goal. But you're saying, you know, if you really want the goal and you want to be as good as you think you want to be in your head, you have to really lock in and focus on that. So so when you started focusing, like, you know, you say you had the setbacks, you had the injuries, the personal thing, the grades – when you doubted it in, what did that look like for you?
1: Well, for me, it was just like, man, okay, I saw the goal, I saw things I want to achieve, but like how do you get there the the you know people will have the what they want to do, they'll have the why they want to do it, but they don't know how they're going to do it, so you got to figure out the how so for me, literally, when I graduated University of Alabama, I kind of weighed my options, and honestly, I was going to be finished. I didn't really want to pursue it that like that. But I knew that, like, I had more in the tank. So how am I going to put myself in the best position to do that? Um, so for me, it was just figuring out the how. Like, all the reasons are important, but how you're going to do it is probably the most important one. So discipline for me, being locked in. Um, if it wasn't to simplify it, if it wasn't aligned to what I was trying to achieve, I'd take myself out of it. You want to be an Olympic champ. You want to be a gold medalist. You want to be a professional basketball player you want to be a professional football player whatever sport that you want to do is what you're doing every single day aligning with you your goals to be able to do that and if it's not then you have to distract that like I understand you know and you have to understand the balance between the fun and and all that stuff too but if I know that I have a track meet at 9 a.m in the morning I'm not going out and staying out the night before that's not going to align with the success you want Even if it's the biggest party of the year, like even if Jay-Z and Kanye are going to be there and Beyonce is coming through and like this is a one-time, well, you got to treat that like the opportunity for your sport to be locked in because every single day you're aging. (laughs) You can't escape father time, right? And you're tainted the older that you get in sport because they think, okay, he's getting older, they can't do it no more. She's getting older, she can't do it no more. So you have to be careful with your time. So if the time isn't helping you progress and helping you success, then you probably have to rebuild your time.
0: Man, but that would be a dope party though, man. JV, oh, Kanye. I'd
1: I i, I I'd have to watch the IG stories, man.
0: <laughs> be all on the ground. Just like, man, that FOMO. That you be said. Like,
1: be like, man, that looks good.
0: Like, man. So so once you kind of graduated from a in Alabama, right? Yeah. And you, you're on the professional journey. So, so what were your thoughts on, like, I can really be an Olympian?
1: I made my first Olympic team in 2012. And for me, uh, with, uh, with Ian, actually, we were roommates, Ian Warner. Um, in that time, um, I, was, I was 20. So I was more or less just, like, excited to go. I was excited to be there. But I didn't expect to go to the Olympics. Um, and when I say expect it, like I said, I just won a full scholarship, but I was prepared for it. Like I ran my best that year that I ran uh, so far to this date to uh, at that time. And it just so happened that I was running well in the Olympic year. So my thing is just like, if you're ready for an opportunity, you got to, and if it's knocking, you better answer the door. So I was able to make that team conspire later. Um, I knew that for me, my biggest thing was just, I needed to get healthy. I wasn't healthy often. I know that was the one thing that was holding me back and obviously making sure the right program fits in. Uh, So for me, like I just said, you know, I'm not going to worry about 2016. Like it's, it's 2015. That's next year. But I have to get myself in a rhythm and the momentum in order so I can make a big push for 2016. So I just took it year by year, man. I don't even, I don't even look at tomorrow until today's finished. Like I don't even look at Friday until it's Friday. So for me, I was so disciplined and so focused on forward thinking that I just took it one day at a time because you can worry yourself out of anything. You can cause stress on yourself before stress even comes. And a lot of people, um, when they hear Olympic trials, they get automatic stress, but it's the same venue. It's the same thing, just a different title. So you ran Olympic trials the same time last year, it was just titled world championship trials or you ran You ran the same thing, but it was just, Oregon Invitational. It's the same meet, but just a different name. And I think people get so caught up and add stress into, like, the title that they forget, just run your race. Like, just just do what you've been doing. So, for me, I just attacked it every single day and I let each race line up and some races were better than others, but I just said, look, I'm just going to focus on today and when Olympic trials come, I'll focus on Olympic trials. But for now, I have SECs.
0: (laughs) I love that. And sometimes it's like, practice in the same in the competition but we call we call it a track meet
1: yes yes and and we've all done it i've done it i've done it a bunch of times it's like yo and and you've probably had it too like like you're practicing wicked this week like things Fire. are going and you're just like yo today's gonna be this weekend i'm rolling and then the week comes and you're just like okay i guess i guess it's next week i'm gonna roll you know it, it it happens like track is a huge mental game sports in general
0: Oh, dude! I realized that. Like, I'll be in practice with um with KT. It's moving. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm I'm running like six, eight. I'm about to get out there, get out there. Like, ooh, this wasn't. That. I'm about to, this wasn't the
1: one. It this, was wasn't
0: a, this, this wasn't the wasn't the one, a, man. It was
1: the it, starter. He held you too long. <laughs>
0: exactly, but yeah, dude, So I ritual you on the whole mental process. on, you know, it's really a mental game. So, 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 any athlete that's listening right now, that's like, just says, yeah, man, it sounds it sounds good to have discipline, but I don't think that's what I need. What be your, your advice to them on that?
1: Well, you got to figure out what you need. You know, I think everybody needs something. Everybody has something. They have a strong set. They have a weakness. Well, find out what your strengths are. Find out what it is that you think that you need. Then you can devise a plan on how you're going to get that fixed. With being an athlete, you know, I think, I think sometimes we get so um, kind of like sugar-coated up. For example, you go to practice, you don't got to worry about nothing but going to practice. Your coach has the plan, he has the workout, he has the rest, he has, much, he has what you're going to do after, he has your weight program. We need to get to a point, athletes in general, you have to know that like with anything, you, you have to do the work as well. It's 50-50. Yes, yes you got to show up for practice and stuff like that, but you have to recover as well, too. You know what I'm saying? So you have to figure out what you need. If you need a better recovery system, well, talk to your coach about a better recovery system or do your own research, right? Like, don't be fully dependent on a coach. A coach is a guide. He's going to put you in the right position to win. But you have to walk the path and you have to be in the race and you have to be the one who does your part so you both can win. It's a two-way street, right? So if you want the information, you can ask and stuff, but you also have to seek it yourself. You can't just be be someone who says, yes, 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 yes. No, no, no. You have to go out and seek your own information. Seek what you need. Find out what you need. I don't think a lot of athletes know what they need to be successful because their coach is telling them. But that's one perspective. He wants it for you. But nobody, no athlete, no individual, no parent, nobody can want something more for you then you want it for themselves. If like you have to want it more for you than anybody else. And if you don't want it more for you, then that you're not going to stay there. So seek answers for yourself.
0: Yeah. I'm about to have to fire close to the thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Appreciate you. <laughs> oh man. It's
1: love, man. I just, <laughs> I just think, man, I just think we're sometimes in this world, man, we're, we're, we're so caught up on the quick fixes, you know, the, the, our mind, we don't use our full mind, you know, if I remember correctly, like I read somewhere where like the average person uses like less, less than three quarters of their mind. They use like five to 7%. And Albert Einstein used like 10%. That's not even a lot, but you see, he's widely considered as the, you know, arguably the quote unquote smartest man in the world. But he found that by seeking out his own answers. Right. So as athletes, like, you know, use the guidelines, use the tools that you have, but you got to seek your own answers as well
0: so you're seeking your own answers you're you're mapping out your journey, and it, it led you to 2016, led, led you to the olympic game you're You kind of got that second chance that you talked about you know before, right yeah, in that moment what well, what was that i guess feeling like of knowing that this is an opportunity to really make a dream happen
1: Well, I knew that this was probably going to be one of my last ones, uh, if not my last um but I knew. That I was there in 2012 and I didn't run. In 2016, I wanted I wanted to run. Like I felt like I was in really good shape. I was executing well. You know, I was coming off a quad injury, but I felt good. I felt like I was over it. And along the year, was it the greatest year? No, by any means. Actually, the year before was probably my the best that I've ever felt in running track and field. That 2015 year. 2016, I didn't feel the same but I had a bunch of good races like my best race came at Olympic trials you know on the biggest stage of it it came on that one Um, so when I got to the Olympic Games you know I I I felt good but I didn't necessarily feel as prepared as I as prepared as I wanted to be Um, there was a bunch of things that happened obviously that year but uh I was traveling a lot more and racing and competing I didn't feel like my body was fresh enough by the time it came um, but at the same time, you know, I just literally try to do everything that I've been doing in practice. Um, and I knew that the opportunity for it was now, you know, when the opportunity is right now, then you have to seize it or do your best to seize it. And, uh, I, I came away with the medal, but individually, um, you know, I kind of let myself down a little bit, uh, but I knew that I did the best I could. I just made a mistake in that run, but I couldn't dwell on it because you got a next race. So, uh, the, the one thing that, even moving forward for it, what every athlete has to have every person who wants to be successful is you got to have a short-term memory, right? Cause you cannot take one bad race and think your season's done. You cannot let your slow start have you discouraged and, 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 and it's a long season. <laughs> it's a long season. There's different seasons, right? You have the indoor season, you have the outdoor season, right? So there's different seasons of, of anything. So you just have to remember like short-term memory, is going to help you through because you can't take the losses to heart. And and I'm sure you've done it. I've done it. I've taken losses so bad. I'm just like, man, I'm just going to sit in this room and not talk to anybody. But I'm going to have this ice cream, though, because it's going to talk to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, we take it so hard, and it messes with our mind, right? Because every loss adds up, and it mentally weighs on us. And with anything, like, it's not it's not the burdens – of the issues but it's how you carry it right and we don't as athletes like we don't carry it well sometimes some people do better than others but we have to learn that too you know so that was all the things that I had leading up there and I was just telling myself like look you know you have nothing to lose you're not expected to win you're not expected the medal the medal the the the, the, the odds of me winning a medal is 1.375 billion people that's the odds of and average individual any any human attempting to win a medal the odds are not stacked against you so for me i just wanted to go out and do my best to make it happen and that way if you're doing your best you can live with the results whatever it is
0: i kind of live from your journey right i get two words underdog and discipline oh man so so when it comes to those two words especially the, the kind of the underdog cause i really got to live off the underdog mentality you know it kind of helps feed us, kind of feeds us to want to either prove doubt or wrong or, or kind of prove ourselves right right yeah. so so with you as you 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 did you did 2016 you got that medal what was it like to for you to say i'm gonna achieve this next this is something that people are me in or people don't think i can do this is what i'm gonna achieve now what was that next thing for you
1: I I love what you said, man. You said, you know, you're either going to prove people wrong or you can prove yourself right. I think there's a time and place for both of those as you age. At the beginning in your young adolescence, you're just like, man, I'm trying to prove all these people wrong. These people said this and this and that. But as you get older, you realize that you're really only competing against yourself. Because if you make yourself the best version of yourself that you can be, you're proving yourself right. Because look, I know that I could achieve all these things. Whether that manifests or not is a bunch of different components. There's a bunch of components why people learn faster and who are successful. You know for me, I'm just like, man, the underdog is the best position to be, because you're not expected to do anything. You're not expected to win. You're more expected to lose than to win, but it's a great position because you can come out and you can watch, you can analyze, you can see what's going on, and you can prepare your plan on how you're going to win not even talking about winning in sports, talk about winning in life, right? People always get so discouraged about their small beginnings. The small beginnings is the best part because you figure out the blueprint. And when you're the first to do anything, the path is always of most resistant. So for me, I'm just like, man, it is hard now. But when I get the blueprint and I figure it out and I get to where I want to go, man, I'm going to have the exact formula that I can give back to somebody who's trying to achieve the same thing or people in general. So for me, man, it was just, even when I got the medal, it was always like, I was literally happy. Like I'm happy I got the medal, obviously, but I really only wore the medal myself probably like three times. And that was when they put it on us at the Olympics uh, when we're doing the interviews and probably when I was uh, taking a school picture with uh, my old high school coach, Ken Rose. Um, I'm always like, what next? Like, what next? You know, because it's just like, if you have success, what's next? Can you maintain it? Can you? I don't know. How are you going to find success in different other areas of your life? I've always been a mind, body, spirit person. I've just never been a guy to be to want to be successful in one area of life. What good is that? You know, you want to be whole in all walks of life, not just one sport. You got to be more than just an athlete, more than just A reader more than just you got to be an overall good quality human being right and it's and it's and it's that more prevalent and apparent now that just like you know because there's so much distraction from certain things you know you get validation you think that you don't have it from within so like everything that I do as far as the underdog role I'm just trying to take everything in all walks of life so moving forward it was just you know how am I going to manifest my speaking? You know, how am I going to invest, manifest my speaking the best I can? Um, I actually signed with the Hamilton tiger cats um, in the fall of this year to play football. So went there, um, did really well, you know, did the best that I could. Bunch of things happened that I couldn't control, but it was out of my control. So whatever it is that I challenge, I'm just like, man, you know, how can I make this the best that I can make it? How can I get better so I can be more equipped for this specific thing so my mentality is just don't get complacent don't get comfortable because the moment you get comfortable the moment you stop thinking what's next because what's next might be you stepping 100 yards backwards or finding a way to figure out and prospering moving forwards it's a lot harder to maintain success than it is to get there
0: i think everything you said has so much power behind it because it's so much truth that we don't hear enough Yeah. You know, so I really appreciate you, you, because I think like with you, speak with so much like heart, because it's like you've lived it, right? So it's no, no. So it's no, it's really, it's really good though, man. Like I really like it's, it's fire. So, so guess like, what inspired you to wanna, know, once the athletic career is over, to wanna become the speaker? What was your drive behind that?
1: You know, man, for, uh, for, for, for twenty years i um, 26 now, for 20 years, I just sat, you know, and listened. Didn't really give too many input or too much advice. I sat and listened to understand how the world works in my perspective, in my view, to handle, to see how people respond to different adversities, just to see how it is to delay and give a message. I didn't think about speaking, so to speak. I just wanted to be able to be a vessel to help people moving forward. Like I wanted to be a dim of light for somebody on their path. You know, it only takes one person to make an impact on someone before their life is just like, man, like I really needed that person at that time. I really needed that at talk, you know, a simple, hello, a simple, hi, a simple, how are you? But you have to mean those things too. Right. So for me, I just wanted to be that for those around me, you know, you make yourself better. You make those around you better as well too. So for 20 years, I just listened. I just listened to what was inside and, 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 and listened to um, how to deliver a message. And then I practiced that in my head, practiced that in my head. We all develop different skill sets. Like we all have a bunch of different talents. In order to manifest those talents, you obviously have to work at it. For me, I wanted to know what was my best thing that I could do out of all my skills that would help get the message across the most. You know, I've written two books but I felt like speaking was naturally something that came to mind. It was something that I was just like, man, you know, I can do this in my sleep. Like usually when you step on the big stage or whatever people are watching, you know, you get nervous. You're just like, man, what's going on? Like, but it didn't always used to be like that. Like I was that guy who would come late to class and I would hate coming late to class because you know, when you go late to class, people, they, even if they're taking a test, they just look up and they're just like, oh, okay. And I hated that attention but I understood that, you know, God gives you the gift not to keep it to yourself. (laughs) You know, like if he puts you here for a reason and he's telling you, and he's opening these doors for this gift to manifest then you can't continue ignoring that. Like he's trying to get you to come full circle with it. So for me, man, it was just like, you know, this is the, the best skill that I have out of all the skills that I have. This is my strongest one. So now I have to cultivate it and create that message and use what I've been through. Cause a lot of people, you know, people talk about the story of being tough like it's a cool thing and growing up poor and going up rough. It's, just, it's not cool. It's not a good feeling going to school and not knowing if you're going to eat that day. Like it's not a good feeling coming home and not knowing if your light's going to be on. Like it's not a good feeling having one pair of shoes with holes in it for the whole three years that you're in junior high and going into high school. Like, that's not a good feeling. But at the same time, I've lived those things. And I know that a lot of people live those things too. And they don't have the support. I didn't necessarily have the support until I didn't, I didn't have somebody else believe in me until I was about 16, 17 years old. I didn't get that external from someone say, look, Kim, this is where you could go. So for me, I'm just trying to add that support and lend that support for people who may not have that. Because there is 7.5 7. billion people in the world and it's a very small percentage of people who actually achieve some type of success and success is different for every person. right? So you can't compare different success. Like I consider myself a success because I was able to graduate high school small, but that was a success for me. So yeah,
0: man. That's, that's good. Cause like with nine point, I call it like achieve your version of greatness.
1: Oh, I love it, man.
0: You know, because it's like we all we all have our own version of greatness. Like, for me, I was a walk-on. So, for me, walking on Oklahoma and running at a, at a meet, and running at a conference, that was my version of greatness, you know? I wasn't going to be the one to go through. I wasn't going to be the one to win Big 12. But, like, my version of greatness would just be on the team and, and having my feet on that track. But for you, you know, your version of greatness was something different than me. You know, LeBron James, maybe it's different from Jordan, you know? So, it's like we all have our version of greatness that we can just, you know, like you're saying, manifest and just to go achieve. So, but yeah. the,
1: the 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 courage for you to go and be like look I'm going to go walk on to one of the biggest schools in the NCAA and see what happens for it whether you fail or fail or succeed at it that's a manifestation that God intended for you on your journey but people don't have that courage man so I commend you for having that courage man it's 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 tough man it's tough bro
0: I oh, appreciate it man it will journey for sure
1: definitely
0: yeah. oh yeah I, I <laughs> so so as you progress in this speaking career what how does it manifest in your mind like what does it looked like what in the like five year plan what or two year next, next day, what did it like look like in your head?
1: you know man you know, the beautiful thing about being in this position is like <laughs> I know what I, I know what I know why, but I'm developing the how, and, you know I've reached out to certain people, but they didn't want to. They didn't want to share too much inside with me, which is okay. Like I understand, like I get it. The term, what I want to do, man, I want to travel and speak across the world and not just travel by myself, man. Like I want to be able to bring people like you, people like Ian, a couple other people of just like, we're on the same thing. I want to be able to bring them because you can do a lot more together than you can alone, but you have to establish your own first. You have to make sure that you have a lot going on and you have the right things and that you're, being intentional with what your heart's telling you and what God wants, which where God wants you to go. So for me, man, I want to be able to travel the world speaking, you know, to corporations, to businesses. I want to go to university to speak with kids. I still want to go to junior, co- uh, junior colleges, of course, elementary schools and just travel the world speaking and just being light spreading hope through my eyes and through my experiences, because we can only talk about our experiences. We all have opinions whether we accept those opinions, whether people take our opinions, well, that's on them, but we all have an opinion. So for me, man, I just want to be able to travel that world um, speaking and, and just be a source of encouragement for those around me. And as I get bitter, the people around me will get bigger too. You know, it's, 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 it's um, it's that saying, you know, you teach a, uh, teach a man how to fish, he will eat for a lifetime. You know, but you have to know how to fish first. <laughs> if you don't know how to fish, how are you going to teach somebody to fish? You know, so I want to be able to develop all this so I can give to the next one who's coming up. Be like, man, I want to speak. I want to do this. I want to achieve this, but I don't know how. So I'm just developing the how. And what do I what do I think my two years going to look like? I, I don't have that answer, man. Um, I know what my six, seven, eight years down the road is going to look like, but my two years, I might get, to my eight year and two years. I don't know. But for me, I've always just attacked everything, everything uh, daily, weekly, and then monthly. And I just try to focus on that, man, because we can get so caught up and think in thinking ahead that we get discouraged right now. So for me, I'm just one day at a time. We love it, man.
0: And I'm glad to have you on. So, so if you can just stop yourself in five words, man, what what, what, will, be the, what will be the five words you'd use to describe Akeem Haynes?
1: Oh, man, that's a tough question. Um, I would say faith, faith, hope, uh, perseverance, relentless, and empowering. That's what I would say. That's a tough question, man. You can't be putting me on the spot like that, man.
0: <laughs> I, I kind of thought of it. I was like, you know, like, like cause sometimes athletes get so caught up in our sport, Yes. And, and we kind of find ourselves through our sports. And I think we kind of find words that kind of describe us. We can kind of think about the big picture. And I think every, every word you just described was like a speaker.
1: Oh, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. You I know,
0: like that. relentless, you know, empowering. So, so hey, man, God, God's on your path right now, dude. And you're making waves.
1: I appreciate you saying that, man.
0: No, no worries. So, so, so where people find you at now? Like social media, website, and like that?
1: yeah so man on twitter it's underdog ak on instagram it's underdog akh my website is net, and i also have the youtube page up and it's just akeem haynes so man i'm uh i'm here and there (laughs) i'm here and there
0: appreciate you man glad to have you on i gotta get ian on next we gotta i gotta commit to to hop on now (laughs)
1: Thanks for having me, man. And, like, you know, uh, uh, Ian, Ian doesn't take much convincing, man. He's a, he's a guy that just hop on, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool, cool, man. Well, yeah, to your day in Calgary. And uh, we'll be in touch with you, man.
1: Appreciate you, man. Take care, man.
0: Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Points Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete driven content at nonpoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.